Kyle, can I ask you a question? Sure, Emily. What's up? Have you thought that it's kind of weird that we call ourselves the accessible stall, but we don't really talk a lot about bathroom stuff? You know what? That is weird. I mean, we did do that episode once about inaccessible bathrooms, but that doesn't seem like nearly enough, does it? Especially considering that there's so much to talk about when it comes to bathroom accessibility, which actually brings me to today's sponsor, Aeroflow Urology. They're a leading provider of catheters through insurance, and they're in network with Medicaid, Medicare, and most commercial plans. They carry top brands including Coloplast, Bard, Cure, Hollister, and more. And because they don't make catheters, they're not there to pressure you to buy one over the other. In fact, they're continence care specialists. They'll work with you to find the right products to fit your needs, and they'll even work with your insurance. And they're not just a supplier. They're changing the conversation around urinary health through meaningful partnerships, philanthropy, and education. And they even have a 97% customer satisfaction rating. I cannot argue with that number. So if you're in search of a catheter provider, you can check your eligibility or request product samples at aeroflowurology.com slash T-A-S-P. That's T-A-S-P. Or call 888-682-4714. Thank you, Aeroflow Urology, for sponsoring this episode. Hi, I'm Emily Liddell. And I'm Kyle Cacciadori. And you are listening to the first episode of The Accessible Stall in 2022. What? What are we going to talk about today, Emily? So, uh, of course, we're going to dive right into the deep end and talk about all the messy parts of disabled existence. Before we do that, though, we're trying something new in The Accessible Stall this year where we talk about news, like news you can use. And Emily is right here to tell you about some news you can use in this episode. So a really cool resource that we learned about recently from the Asian Americans with Disabilities Initiative, or AADI, is the first of its kind accessible resource guide to combat ableism within the Asian American community. And I think that is a fantastic, long overdue, and much needed resource. Love it. We will put details about them in the show notes. And you can access it at www.aadinitiative.org slash resources. Could not be happier. Also, do us a favor and reach out if you've got resources that you want us to share. We're going to try to keep this news and resources you can use thing going. That sounds great, Emily. Back to the episode. Okay. I think it's time that we talk about the fact that existing in a disabled body can be kind of a hot mess. So some time ago, we did that episode where we talked about how having a disability like sucks sometimes. And it does sometimes. But this isn't that. You know, that was more of a solidarity to all the disabled listeners out there uh, listening to that episode. This is more of a, a look at the ways that Existing in a disabled body can be interesting on the best day. Yeah, and to kick us off, I've been thinking lately about the sheer number of times that I have needed assistance going to the bathroom or assistance in the bathroom or just assistance with something where there's definitely nothing on my butt. 
I mean, just the concept of like P math alone is something that I don't know about only disabled people know, but you know, it, it's a rare thing to know. Oh yeah. And for people who are like, what the heck is P math? It's basically when you are getting ready to go somewhere, you do the math to figure out how many hours you have between accessible bathrooms and you hydrate and or dehydrate accordingly. Yeah. Also, the reason that I was talking about bathrooms specifically to start off, I was thinking about the time and we did an episode about this, but remember (laughs) when I was like falling in the shower? (laughs) Yes. Like needed to come get me. I just like, I had nothing on my butt, y'all. Like, it's just, it's how it is. She was naked as the day she was born, but I feel like that experience somehow brought us closer together. It's a beautiful thing. But the point is that sometimes being disabled is just like swallowing all your pride. And believe me, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with needing help. And I'm definitely not saying that there's anything wrong with like being interdependent. I'm more just saying that disabled bodies are kind of a mess sometimes they just don't always work how you expect or want them to yeah so i think we need to talk about why you should not be ashamed of all of the messiness that comes with a disability because i know that i have so much internalized ableism around it And I'm constantly like, oh, it's so gross that I need help with it, uh, with this. Or, oh, like, I can't clip my own toenails, for example. Like, I can't reach my own feet. Um, And so I was asking my boyfriend the other day, like, hey, when we live together, will you clip my toenails for me? And he was like, yeah, of course. But it's just such an awkward thing to have to ask somebody for that level of personal assistance. But it's very intimate. Yeah. In a, in a in a very strange but very like in, in a way that that a lot of disabled people like I know you understand if you're listening to this right now. Okay, burning question. Can you clip your own toenails? I can. But What's my my, my like? feet are my feet are super sensitive. Like I can't even like if I look at them the wrong way, like I'll have a it's not really a spasm, but, like, I'll feel the muscles in my feet tighten up. Like, I, I hate it. I, I wish I didn't have feet. Not really, but, like, it would just <laughs> – it really would make some of my life easier, I swear. But my feet are super sensitive, so when I do that, it's, like, a whole thing. It's, like, an event, right? So, like, yeah. yes, I can I can do it, but there needs to be, like, a time and a place and, like, people around me need to know what's going on. Because I need to be left alone. Uh, no, I'm serious. Like, it's funny. It, it, it is objectively funny. Like, if any of you saw me clip my toenails, if you didn't laugh, I'd be offended. But it's <laughs> it's just a thing. It is a thing that, that I, I don't think able-bodied people have to deal with or non-disabled people have to deal with. Yeah. And also, I'm just kind of, like, spitballing here. But another thing I think about is... Yeah, things are more of an event when you're disabled. Like, the care and keeping of your body is such an event. Like, me shaving my legs is, (laughs) I mean, block out my afternoon. Like, hold my calls. I don't shave my legs, but, like, I shave my face. 
and I have to like really be, I have to be very careful not to cut myself. Not because I don't know how to do it. It's because I psych myself out and then I make one wrong move and I cut myself. And so you have, in like, order to plasticity that makes it harder. No. Well, I think technically I do, but it's spasticity that like, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think like if, if you were to like look at an MRI, like you can be like, yeah, that's technically a spasticity, but like it doesn't look nor feel like anything that I would describe as a spasm. If that makes any sense. No, I get it. But also that's like your normal. Exactly. Like it, it, I, it's more psychological. Like it's like, if I don't do this perfectly, I'll just cut my face. You know? Yeah. But for me, everything is a process. Putting my pants on is such a process. Putting my pants on is a process that I've gotten very good at. I am so envious of people who can put on pants standing up. I mean, like genuinely, there's not many things that I wish that I could do that I can't do. But that one, I do. You know, I do. I would I would trade my soul for that. That's a good one. <laughs> People who just, like, step into their pants and they're, like, walking around, like, stepping into them and then, like, they step into their shoes. What is that? Oh, stepping into your shoes, too. That's the other thing. Oh, my God. If only. It would save me minutes across my lifetime. Don't you sit down to put your shoes on? Yeah. Like, on the floor? Am I making this up? Nope. It's exactly what I do. Yeah. I mean, if, if I'm in someone's house, you know, I know how to be a person. Like, I'll, I'll sit on a chair and do it. But, like, the floor is the way. If I can do the floor, I'll do the floor. See, but for me, the thought of getting up off the floor sounds terrible. Uh, I'm very good at that. And that's not something that people with cerebral palsy and even like the quote unquote mild version that I have, like people with my level of CP, a lot of them can't get off the floor either. So it's certainly a privilege, a gift, whatever you want to call it. It's not something that everyone can do. So I know how lucky it is to be able to do that. I don't really have a point. It's just that. Yes, you are. It's not terrifying to me, but I understand why it is to you. Speaking of floors, I just need to tell you all something. So if you've been with us a while, I think I talked about my fall, right? Mm -hmm. Did I? You did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. Oh, God, no. Of the accessible stall. So we're about to record, right? And we do it on video. And... What does Kyle hold up but the exact same water bottle in the same size and the same color as the one that I dropped when I fell to my near death. And my near death, I just mean breaking my leg. But the point is, how does that happen? To be clear, I did not know about which water bottle specifically did this to her. Right. I buried the lead here. Isn't that funny? So I'm I'm feeling a little stressed by this water bottle. And I think that was part of what inspired me to just talk about like bodies and how sometimes they suck and how sometimes they're messy and difficult and everything is a freaking process. Oh my God. You just reminded me of when I was a kid. I w- woke up one morning. I went upstairs to see my grandma to wait for the school bus i need to use the bathroom and um i had tripped midstream and then i tripped over a rug and then i tripped over her scale 
And then I went face first into the bathtub and I was six years old and I still got on the school bus somehow, but it was a mess. And I've never forgotten that. Not because it hurt, even though it very much did, but because I was embarrassed that my grandma had to see that. Even though I was a small child, I had that. And that's what we're talking about. <laughs> we're just talking about stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, the embarrassment of being in your own body when it doesn't really work the way that you want it to. And we're the ones who impose that on ourselves, right? Like, Yes, no one, my mom and dad never told me, like, son, you should be ashamed of yourself, you, <laughs> you know. No, really, though, like, it, 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 it's funny, but, but it, it bears saying that, like, I was a tiny little child and I grew up around disabled people in a school full of disabled people. I had the most ideal set of circumstances that one could have. And not to be, not to sound like a broken record for the internalized ableism episode, but if I had that thought, then I can't imagine how other people in disabled bodies speak to themselves. And it starts from a very young age. Yeah. And I really don't necessarily think that it's, always because of things that people are saying to us actively. Mm -hmm. It's just like messages that we're internalizing about like, okay, this is what normal looks like and your body doesn't look normal. This is yeah. how normal moves and your body is not moving normally. You see, you see the difference. You see how like, this is how you do it and how you really cannot do that. <laughs> like this is how we do it. Um, Yeah. I don't want to get into too many specifics, uh, but, you know, there is definitely something to be said about just being this, being born this way. Like, my God. And and All I right, actually Lady feel Gaga. for people, right? You remember, you remember, like, for like three, four years after that song came out, that was like the disability community anthem. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, as if it's still not. Um, I was born this way. I'm proud of it. I, you know, I realized in saying that, that I actually kind of feel uh, more for people who have acquired their disabilities because, like, we didn't have to learn anything. This is just, this is what we grew up doing. Like, I mean, you know, this is what we adapted our bodies to. But people who have acquired their disabilities used to know how to do it the quote-unquote normal way and you know, maybe now they have a disability where they can't. And I, that, that's a process that I feel lucky to not have gone through, but I wonder if the incidents that we're talking about happen more to, to those folks. I mean, I think I've had somewhat of that experience just in the sense of when I did get my injury last year, because I was quote unquote more disabled but I'm back to my, like, my normal. I'm back to yeah. my own normal now. So everything was not permanently upended for me. But, yeah, I mean, the fact that we make all of the messy and difficult parts of disability kind of taboo, I think is what makes it harder for us to accept it, and especially for people who acquire disabilities to accept it. Because we totally do not normalize talking about bathroom stuff and we totally do not normalize talking about needing help with certain bodily tasks and functions and if we don't normalize talking about 
when our bodies are fallible. And I think we should talk about this stuff. Do you think that that taboo stems from the fact that like bathroom stuff in general is considered taboo? Or do you think it's more from an ableist perspective? I'm genuinely curious to hear what you have to think about that. Cause that you're right about the other things, but I'm, I'm I, that one in particular, I agree with you, but I'm curious, like, like what's worse, you know? You know what? It's probably a little bit of both, but like in my house, bathroom stuff is not taboo. <laughs> we talk about it all the time, but not in this like, one either. But like externally, yeah, yeah, I guess it's like not appropriate to have these conversations with people, but I have no shame in my bathroom game. And I feel like maybe that's actually because I'm disabled. Yeah, probably. I think so. I was just thinking about how there's some sort of like camaraderie. Like I know that I can, that I can like text a friend who has similar CP to me and ask them like a very otherwise personal question about this exact thing and they'll just answer it. And I, there's some, there's some disability solidarity there for sure. Like they won't even ask why they'll just, they'll just answer. Yeah, for sure. Like, does your body do this thing too? Does your body not cooperate in this way too? Like, oh yeah, totally. I I just get it and I feel that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So maybe disability has removed a lot of the taboos around things for me that I otherwise would not be comfortable talking about. But that's just maybe a feature of my personality too, because I'm sure there are plenty of more private people than me. I mean I, I do think it takes two special kinds of people that openly broadcast about this stuff to the internet, but I I don't know any other way. Like, the way that I learned to, like, adapt and sort of cope when necessary is by asking other disabled people that I knew how to do things and if if this was normal for them or if this was typical or, you know, can you also not do this? I didn't even do it for the sense of, like, camaraderie, although that came with it. It was more just... Hey, does your body do this too? You know, I have a friend who has CP who told me she didn't know that the startle reflex was a cerebral palsy thing until I told her that I have a ton of friends with cerebral palsy who also have a startle reflex. Oh, well then in that case, uh, this is a perfect opportunity for a teachable moment. So babies are born with a reflex that... I don't know the reasoning behind it, but it, it makes them startle more. You know, the, the threshold for startling is much lower. As a uh, able-bodied baby grows up, that startle reflex goes away. By the time they're adults, it doesn't exist anymore, and they'll only get startled if they're properly scared. With us, with people with CP, it just never turns off. So you can clap your hands in front of me loudly and tell me exactly when it's going to come, and I will startle. Now, it's very annoying. I do not have cerebral palsy. But I have not only a startle reflex, but a full-on fear of loud noises. So I I don't know how I also got that gem implanted into me. But uh, lucky me. I don't know if CP has, like, the market cornered on startle reflexes not turning off. But it is a feature of all of us, I think. I've never met a single person with CP without it. And if you are one, please email us. I used to be embarrassed by that, too. Speaking of, like, ways that my body doesn't cooperate with me, 
I used to be so embarrassed at how I would jump at like everything. I hate fire alarms and I hate them now that I live in an apartment on the fifth floor because first of all, I, I startle and then I'm disoriented and then I have to run down the stairs and behind other people, you know, like if there's a real fire, everyone behind me is like not going to make it. I don't mean to be morbid, but like really, and I'm not going to either. And I hate it because I'm like, I, all I want to do is be like, Hey, like, sorry. And no one cares. I know no one cares. They just want to get out. But like, I care, you know, it's so annoying. I hate them. Oh, yeah. When fire alarms would go off in my college dorm and, like, wake me up, none of my muscles would work. And I would be like, how to put on clothing, you know, because, like, I'd be in bed or whatever. And I was just, like, so confused. But, yeah. So I hate that. I hate uh, fireworks. I hate loud movies. I just... Yeah, I startle really, really easily. And it used to be so embarrassing to me. Also, the purest form of torture was that I used to be in band in (laughs) middle school. And I sat right in front of the drums. I played the clarinet. Specifically, right in front of the kid who played the cymbals. There is no purer torture. Do you hate yourself or did someone put you there? That was where I was. Like, that was no. the most accessible seat to me was, like, on the end. Yeah, no, I, I I hate that just thinking about it. So, anyway, in conclusion, I quit band and joined Chorus. Did you really? Oh, I really did. Oh, my God. I thought that was, like, that part was a joke. No, that's... That's not a joke. No, the punchline is not you see a joke. What you, you see what you had to do? Like... I mean, I'm sure you had a good time in chorus, but, like, wouldn't you have liked to play the clarinet more? Maybe not. I don't know. But like, Oh, def not. I was so bad at it because... Right, never mind. That defeats of, my point. No, but your point stands. But the reason that I really quit was because I, a disabled human woman, um, did not have the breath support or lung capacity or abdominal strength to play a wind instrument. Yeah, that's valid. Despite people... On the internet, probably thinking I'm just a bag of hot air. Yeah, wind instruments were not for me. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so, yeah, bodies, man. Sometimes they just don't cooperate. You know, I used to be really down on myself those days. It's like sometimes if I have a bad pain day, I still get down on myself. But I've, I'm at the point in my life where it's almost humorous. Almost. Like, if I'm not out doing something and because of the state of the world i'm usually not it's funny like if it happens to me in my house it's funny i mean i want to ask for like an exclusive behind the scenes all access pass to like your relationship as two disabled people oh well (laughs) i mean most recently i um you know, I, I've never fallen in the shower. I've had I had one fall in twenty twenty one, and I'm I, I don't even count it because I was kind of tipsy and I didn't see the curb cut. And that's not a CP fall. It counts because it was a fall, but it's not a CP fall. <laughs> um, I never fall in the shower ever, and it's like my CP superpower. But the reason I'm bringing this up is because I do occasionally almost fall in the shower, and I haven't yet, and. <laughs> I just want you to know that in those moments, 
I am terrified beyond belief. Not because I can't get up. Obviously, it's not that, but it's more that I know myself and I know that I would be so disoriented and so confused and so like, what the heck just happened? And then she would come running in and not be able to help me at all because she's 50 pounds lighter than me and can't see what's going on. And so, yeah, it, it's just something that I think about. Not all the time, but it, 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 it comes up. It makes me think about when I used to uh, date a gentleman wheelchair user um, many moons ago. I do not now. <laughs> we have long since broken up. Uh, but on an early date of ours, I was having so much trouble transferring into his car from my wheelchair and we were holding up valet parking. <laughs> um, and so he, a fellow wheelchair user, had to figure out how to hoist me, a wheelchair user with no leg strength, into his car in front of a whole bunch of angry people trying to get out of the parking lot of the restaurant. And man, what a mess. I can't imagine anyone seeing the two of you would have actually been angry. That would have been so, I wish I was there. I mean, maybe they weren't angry. It was probably just all in my head, but I was like mortified. Most actually something that's not like gross, but um, we had a robot vacuum tug on a cord, which took out a vase made of glass and hit the floor. And um, I had to clean it up because, you know, she can't see, but I had to be on my hands and knees and that's not good for anybody, and it's really not good for someone like me. And luckily, the glass was blue. <laughs> that's the only good part of that story. <laughs> Hashtag blessed. It was right before Christmas vacation, too. That's the best part. Like, it's the day before we go to Christmas vacation. It's one last hurrah. Oh, my gosh. This reminds me of last month. Um, I had gone pumpkin picking, and so we had pumpkins left. And there was a pumpkin that was sitting on the floor of my living room, and my dad was going to be having carpal tunnel surgery. And so we were like, probably you should pick up the pumpkin and throw it out before you have carpal tunnel surgery. But then we all forgot about it, and then – like the day after his surgery, the pumpkin was rotten. So he tried to pick it up and the whole pumpkin just exploded in half and got everywhere. So then you have like my dad who's recovering from hand surgery. You have me and my mom who are wheelchair users trying to cram ourselves into the corner of the living room to clean up rotten pumpkin everywhere. And it's just like, man, like I don't know. Who lets disabled people live on their own? Don't come for me. I'm just kidding. I know. I, I, you know, it's when I really think about it, you know, and the reason we, we purchased that vacuum is because neither of us like to sweep because I mean, I, it's not hard for me to sweep, but it's harder for me to sweep than an able-bodied person and she can't see the dust. So, you know, and it was there was something about the irony of the thing that we bought just for the purpose of not having to do this and all of a sudden like you know there's i need to do this and it, it's like it, it was almost like an access need that i justified to myself had betrayed me 
You know, it's like I've worked so hard to avoid this very specific situation. And here I am. Honestly, that's so real. I mean, (laughs) I feel like there are so many times where I'm like, this is going to make my life better and easier. Nope. No, it's not. For the most part, it has. But it's it's important to remember that sometimes life will just do it to you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we have all of these great cleaning supplies and reaching tools and whatever that try to make it a little bit easier for us to clean. But like when one person's recovering from surgery and two people are in wheelchairs trying to clean up rotten pumpkin, like it's just. Can I ask you a question? Yes. If you drop your grabber, do you have on your person a smaller grabber to reach the grabber you dropped? Let me tell you how much this comes up for me. Probably like once a day where I like drop the thing that I'm probably using to pick up the thing that I dropped. And also the other thing, um, I need to figure out how to keep a grabber on me at all times because when I'm in my power wheelchair, my arms don't extend far enough for me to reach to pick stuff up off the floor. So like I'll just drop something and then sit there helplessly until somebody comes to pick it up for me. Like I just do that. Like, looking around, like, hello, anybody, anybody, please help, please help. I, I hate that. But. Ugh. You should just make grabbers with, like, holes in them that you can put, like, a piece of rope through or something. And then you can just. No, they it. have that. But it's, like, another thing that I have to drag around with me. Honestly. Oh. And I've said this before. I want Inspector Gadget arms, so when I drop something, I can just be like, go, go, Gadget arms, and then pick it up. See, most people want go, go, Gadget arms because they think it's cool. Like, no, for us, this is a necessity. Also, then I wouldn't have to get up every time I wanted something, which is hard. Moving is hard. You know, that's also why we have uh, an A-L-E-X-A. I don't know why I'm not saying Alexa. You're listening to this in earphones, aren't you? Um, but or we just set her off. Apologies. It's we we have one to turn on lights that are hard to reach. It's great. Then sometimes it doesn't work. Now that doesn't cause a mess, but sometimes. Oh, actually, I'm sorry. I of course thirty minutes in, I have like a perfect story for this. That's okay. always how long it takes to warm up in the bullpen. So I. It's fine. I I apologize to our audience and to you, but okay. So we have metal posters on the wall that are made of metal. It's very important that you internalize this fact. Um, And we have Glade plugins. There's an outlet underneath the metal poster. Glade plugins are, they're they're heavy. They're top heavy. So they tilt forward. (laughs) So there was exposed plug but still plugged in so hot wire okay not good the freaking poster falls down touches the hot wire sparks the breaker shorted no fire no nothing no injury but we had to like deal with that (laughs) and i had to convince courtney who, who called her dad to make sure that like no, it was fine to flip the breaker, but it was just like, then we had to clean the thing. And it was just, it was a whole thing. And it may, and being disabled made it worse, 
because it knocked out all the lights so she couldn't see. And like bending over and like inspecting an outlet isn't exactly easy for me to do. You know, it was it was just it's it's it it was a situation made hard by having disabilities. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Not that like the situation would have been ideal anyway, but it's just way harder. Like mm-hmm. I think of oh my god, all the times that like my mom or I have spilled or dropped something in its entirety yes, and we exactly. cannot easily clean it up. Like I had a friend in high school who would put paper towels on the floor, like get as accurately as she could and then run over them with her power wheelchair and just kind of like mop. Yeah. My mom called it foot mopping. She does it with her foot uh, while she's sitting in her chair. Really? Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, but everything is difficult. Sorry, this is a whiny episode and we don't mean it to be. But it makes me think of how in college when I was rolling around um, campus on a rainy day or a snowy day, my wheels would get really dirty. And then I would have to figure out how to clean them off when I got back into my room. And finally, I had to get a scrub brush because there would be dead worms in my wheels. So I would have to get out of my power chair, into my manual chair, grab a scrub brush, clean dead worms off my wheelchair, and then use a paper towel to get the dead worms off the floor. So it was like all this bending and all this transferring and all this maneuvering because I don't want dead worms all over my place of living. So like, man, I don't even know yeah. how we got on this rant anymore. But like, well, no, wow. it's it. It's just, you know... It's just something that wouldn't happen to someone able-bodied. It just wouldn't. And if it did, it would not take them that much time. Because they wouldn't have to think about... I mean, depending on the severity of the situation, they might have to deal with how to solve it. But, like, you know, if that were me and I stepped in some dirt with a dead worm in it, all I would have to do is take off my shoe, walk into my apartment, turn it over, and wipe it off. Because I do not have the same physical limitations that you do. And for me, that's easy. But for you, it's a nightmare. You know? Right. And, like, for me, all the lights shutting off wouldn't be a problem. Right. So, you know what? What even is our point anymore? Being Being disabled disabled is hard. Is very (laughs) annoying. That's my final takeaway. Like, very seldom do I have hard days. Truly. I mean, I used to, you know. But I I've, I like this, you know. I know what I can and can't do. The list of things I can do far out performs the list of things I can't. It's fine. I'm okay with that. But, God, it's so annoying sometimes. Sometimes you just want to put on pants and go out the door. But I can't do that. I have to sit on the floor. Yeah. No, it takes way more effort. To just do simple things. And I'm really, of course, like 30 minutes into the episode, we're dropping all our like hot truths. But I don't want people to feel bad if you're non-disabled and you're like, man, your life is so hard. I just want you to be aware of some of the effort that goes into existing. That's all. You don't need to I wish. Me. I wish the people would stop saying that your life is harder. And, like, if they're going to say something like that, I really wish they would just go with, like, harder. Because it's not hard, but it definitely is harder. 
And um, yeah, I don't, that's a whole, you know, there's a, yeah, never mind. But it's just, it's so annoying. It's so annoying. Do we have final takeaways here? Um, I would say like, I'm, I'm actually curious to hear what our listeners, if they have similar stories. And it's not really a final takeaway. My final takeaway is that living with a disability is like, there are things that you can never anticipate. And we just adapt to them. Like we always do to everything. It's always an adventure. And yeah, because you were mentioning solidarity before. I totally mm-hmm. want to hear people's stories. Yeah. I, in fact, I, I, I need to. <laughs> I require it. Not that we wish all of this nonsense on you, but I'm quite sure we're not the only ones who have gotten into assorted and sundry messes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's, this has been it. This is another episode of the Accessible Stall. Uh, I'm Kyle. I'm Emily. And, uh, if you feel like supporting the show, you can do so at patreon.com slash the Accessible Stall. Just $1 a month keeps the Accessible Stall what? Accessible! That's right. transcripts. That's right. And, and that part of the transcript that you're going to help us fund, it'll say crosstalk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, might we say you look so freaking good today. Congratulations on making it to 2022. I mean, if you're here, if you're listening, you know, we could have started off with a really motivational episode, but we're just keeping it real this year. That's what we're going to do. And watch Don't Look Up on Netflix. Oh, I started that movie. Haven't finished it yet, but what a metaphor. Yeah. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. See you next time.